up to yonder Beyond the lights, neon uh, Fluorescent, my essence is something to ponder uh, Your talent ain't something to squander uh, Blessed and favored so high Me, anointed and pointed I might be This is that all that podcast featuring Finally here. Finally. This man has been um, chastising me about being on my show, and he, you've been on some other shows, and you sent them to me, and he's like, "Man, my friend, ain't have you on this show, and I'm still only on all these other people's shows." So now you're here. So congratulations. <laughs> thank, thank you for having me. Finally, finally bringing me on. Hey man, good things comes to those who wait. Very true. Very true. Very true. Um, how are you feeling today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. good. You ready for? I'm, I'm ready. Conversation. I'm ready for this conversation. As ready as you're gonna be, right? That's right. Um, so you should feel honored, and it should let you know how I feel about you for you to hold this this down, this episode in particular down because it's heavy. It's a very heavy episode. Um, something that I had the idea to do when it seems like a series of my friends parents have been dying mm-hmm. um, and young people yeah. by the way yeah. very young and uh, my friends I went to high school with and people around my age and I just cannot fathom the thought of me losing my any of my parents yeah. and it's like and it's hard to get around you know I have my friend uh, Tessa my friend Jordan my friend JC all lose one of their parents and and I was like okay this is an episode that needs to happen because people need to know that they're not alone like a lot of people like you know like other people have lost their parents but I can imagine that it feels very isolated you know what I mean for the person that's going through it at the time so when you and I were talking and uh and funny enough this is not something that came up because we have been friends for years <laughs> before this topic even came up. Right. And so, but when it finally did and we got to talking about, you know, your dad mm-hmm. and, and how you went, went and how that was when you had to go through that and how it happened. Right. And, and, and I'll let you, I will get into that later on in the podcast, right. but I was like, okay, he is the perfect person to bring on the show to articulate, you know, right. what he went through, what he's still going through, um, how he copes with it, and et cetera, et cetera. So I guess we can just start off by you telling us your relationship with your dad. How was your relationship with your dad? I kind of got some insight into it. Um, it's a pretty cool relationship. So just give the viewers and myself things you haven't told me about your relationship with your father. So my father was a very quiet, hardworking kind of a guy every day go to work just did his thing didn't bother a lot of people but mm-hmm. he, every room that he went in he lit the room up everybody right. knew that something was special about him yeah um not only that my grandfather too so i'm the third right mm-hmm. i'm ivan smith the third has your grandfather passed too yes okay so grandfather was ivan smith senior right dad ivan smith jr i'm the third Right, so you carry that's, that's that name. That's that's it. Yeah, after three, that's it. <laughs> right, know? won't be Ivan the fourth or yeah. anything like that. <laughs> right. So, my dad. Everybody, and I, I want to say this: your relationship with your parents 
whether you like them or not or whether you get along with them or not, mm -hmm. they're always with you, always inside of you. Right. right. So my relationship with my dad was a little, it was always a good relationship, but I would always want more from him, want more from him. Dad, do this for me, do this mm -hmm. for me. But he never would. He let me figure it out on my own, right? Um, so growing up, you know, your parents are your parents. And you do stuff to spite them, mm -hmm. right? To rebel. To rebel, right. Yeah, yeah you're just mm -hmm. rebellious, right? Right. But all of a sudden, you go to, like, college or whatever, and you start to notice, man, I'm doing this just like Dad would do. Or I'm doing this. Where did this come from? I'm, I said I would never do it like this. So right. Growing up, I was always, I want to be different. I don't want to be quiet. I want to, I want to talk talk about my feelings. And I, you know? Yeah, you definitely did that. But, <laughs> but eventually, like, you start becoming them, right? Mm -hmm. So I'd say this to people all the time. Your parents are your parents. And all of a sudden, there's a shift. They become, like, your best friends. Right. Right? And so that's what my relationship with my dad, when he passed, was we were, like, best friends. Right. Like, the best of friends. Which makes <laughs> the situation even takes it to a whole nother level. Yeah, because yeah. one, you lost your dad uh -huh. and your best friend. Right, right. So I'm gonna let you tell the story about how his passing happened. Okay. And and that situation because you know, like I said, I couldn't I can't imagine losing one of my parents, but I also can't imagine losing one of my parents that way yeah yeah so can you just give us a background on that story so it all happened uh april 16th the night of april 16th it was a wednesday night uh 2015 right i can remember that like it was yesterday i remember walking in the house and wednesday was usually the night that he went to wednesday bible study right oh, okay so very religious mm -hmm. i mean very involved in church uh and he came home, and it took him forever to get inside. And I was like, I know I heard the car mm -hmm. park. You know, 15, 20 minutes later, he comes inside, and you could see that something was wrong, right? He didn't talk about it. He just knew something was wrong. So we kind of go through our little nightly routine of, like, messing around, telling a couple jokes. And mm -hmm. he was kind of cordial, but you could still see that something was wrong, mm -hmm. right? So... At that point in time, with his AFib, he was on a breathing machine, so he wanted me to make sure his machine was cleaned out before he went to bed. He talked about a doctor's appointment he had to go to the next day, and he asked me, was I off? And I was like, yeah, I'm off, and I can drive you there, right? Right. It's like, we got to get up early, blah, 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 fight the Houston traffic. So he goes to bed, and everything was cool, and I got this feeling like something is, something is wrong, right? Mm -hmm. So... I go back and do my thing. I was working on a, a project with another golf course that I was working with. So I'm doing that. And next thing you know, I can hear him like stumbling around and he just comes out of his room and just falls, falls out. Right. Completely on the ground mm -hmm. in shock and kind of moving around. And I rush over to him and I have zero CPR training whatsoever. Yeah. So, People talk about a fight or flight kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, but nobody's ever prepared for that situation. Never, right. never. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, like a switch goes on. It's the fight or flight. Mm -hmm. I'm, and you know me as a person. Um, I'm definitely a fighter. I'm not a flight, right? Mm -hmm. So zero CPR training, and I'm trying to work, and I'm yelling. Um, 
it just happened my kid brother was there too. So I yelled, you know, call 911, call 911. So I'm just there working, working, working. And they're trying to, you know, tell me what to do via speakerphone. Right. Right. right? So I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this moment. I'm working as hard as I can. And I, he had my hand in his hand. And he says, I looked at him and I was like, Dad, you can fight if you want to. You can give up if you want to. Mm-hmm. And he squeezed my hand. And then it just let it go. And I was like. But me still in that fight mm-hmm. mentality. You can I'm, see that as the end. I'm going. Right. I'm going. I'm exhaust all options. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So just kept on going, kept on going. And finally the paramedics showed up. And then they start doing their thing. And then it hit me. I'm like, whoa, whoa, this, where do we, when did we get here? Right. Yeah. <laughs> where did, where did y'all come from? Right. Right. So it was just a surreal kind of moment right. at, that, at that time. We just uh, lost my uncle mm-hmm. in uh, the end of March. Mm-hmm. And when things like that happen, people, tend to um, have irrational thoughts as far as if I would have done this and yeah. this. You know, my mom was like, you know, if we, we just would have made him go to the emergency room that night before right. he died, right. you know, he could have been saved. Right. So with you, you said you had, like, no training at all mm-hmm. to, to uh, deal with that situation. Mm-hmm. After your dad passed, did you carry any guilt? Oh, uh, several. Mm-hmm. Several different guilts. Okay. Um, so, but here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If you do everything in your power and without formal training, mm-hmm. you did the best that you could do, right? Right. Okay. How did you get to that point, though? I'm asking that for people at home that okay. might have dealt with that and still hold, they're still holding on to that guilt, thinking that they could have done something and spent enough time. So how did you get to the point now where you're like, look, I did all I could and it was so up in God's it, hands after that? It took some time. It wasn't like an overnight kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'll tell you, like, it probably was four or five months later mm. where kind of playing that scenario out of my head and just going. And you got to understand something. Me being a man, I never wanted to be considered weak. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So it was always I kind of hit it and kind of put it in and, and I dealt with it. And yeah. my way to deal with it was just go out for like long drives and kind of just do my thing, mm-hmm. listen to some music and just kind of cut my brain off and just be an autopilot basically. Right. But right. you would never deal with the emotion right. head on. Right, you right. Know? You okay. just kind of suppress it and push it down, push right. it down, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, people have these things. And, and after death, mm-hmm. everybody kind of has a, their own way of dealing with it. I never, some people say they see images and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. I saw an image one time, mm-hmm. one time, and not going to lie, woke me up. And it was like a, uh, not a ghost, but just kind of a bright light. Mm-hmm. And I heard his voice. He says, and in my dad's fashion, how he talks, he mm-hmm. says, hey, Bubba, you need to take care of your brother. And that was it. That's it. That's it. And I was just super surreal. Mm-hmm. And so that's when st- things started to shift for me. Never again did I ever mm-hmm. have a, a moment like that. It was just one one time deal. One time. Yeah. Man. So 
How did you take that? You like you finally hear from your dad, and then it's about your brother. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, this is the deal, yeah. and I knew it was bigger than me at that moment. Right, right, because you have a new responsibility. Right, now. right, right, right. Yeah. There's no more Ivans left. Right, I'm the namesake. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. So, I mean, growing up as a kid, I would go by my middle name mm-hmm. because I didn't want to be considered one. I just wanted to be something different. Right, right. But as I got older, I understood the value of that name of, you know, I'm Ivan. I'm Ivan Smith the third. Right. It's no more of me. So that responsibility mm-hmm. and to me that kind of dream or that coming to me in my in my sleep mm-hmm. was a passing of like, okay, you're the head of the household now. Right. You got you got to take care of the family, not just my brother or mm-hmm. brothers or sister, but everybody, including my mom, you know, my sisters, my nieces, everything. Right. Right. So after someone's passing, everybody has those moments of I should have. Mm-hmm. What was your I should have? Um, my so after that, I kind of shut down my mm-hmm. I should have was kind of like I was on one of those drives and I'll never forget it. I got super like chilly and cold mm-hmm. and I was like what, what, what's going on but it was a calmness that came right and I knew that I, I did everything I could right. after that calmness it just kind of took everything away from me right mm-hmm. yeah got you yeah so you just yeah just just kind of let it go and for me mm-hmm. That's right when I was starting up with my new career in golf and kind of... Which was, by the way, uh, not influenced by your dad, but pushed by your pushed dad. Pushed by my dad. Right, right. right. So, so you can go into that. Too. So he, here's the deal. Like, I had a career. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, made it, I mean, decent money, good mm-hmm. job for, you know, a single guy. Mm-hmm. And I was tired of everybody telling me what to do. And when I was kind of broaching it with everybody and saying, okay, I'm thinking about going into the golf business. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I would say 95% of the people, you know, first off, everybody says, well, you got to have insurance. You got to have this, 401k, and blah, 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 right? right? So I took that leap, right? Mm-hmm. And he was one of the only ones that was like, yeah, do it. Right. Do whatever makes you happy. Mm-hmm. So when he got sick... Um, he could see kind of like the shift of my life changing and he kind of knew that I was going to be okay. Right. right. He saw all the hard work, all the behind the scenes and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I think that night was kind of like him saying, it's okay. I'm going to be okay. You're going to be okay. I'm okay to, to let go right now. Right. I know you're going to be okay. I know you're going to take care of the family. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So to me, that was like a passing of a torch, right? It's, it's in your hands now. It's right. your your time now, kid. It's your time to shine, right? Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Let me take a break. So I was talking to uh, a couple of my friends, who another uh, friend of a friend who lost her um, her dad, and I was talking to my girlfriend who lost her grandfather, mm-hmm. both of them, mm-hmm. and. You know, they were having a conversation amongst themselves, and I was just kind of eavesdropping, getting material for this podcast. They didn't know, though. (laughs) But when they were talking, they were saying how 
people think they're helping by what they say, mm-hmm. but really is kind of like annoying in a way. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they said was, you know, people would be like, I understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, and no, you don't. Right. <laughs> like, you don't understand. So as somebody who has been through that, right. what are some of the things that people would say to you when your dad passed that was kind of like annoying? And for people who, who are trying to be of comfort mm-hmm. to your, their friend or family member, what what do you think is the right words to use in that situation? So everybody, no matter where you would go, mm-hmm. would always be like, I understand. Your dad was a good man. Mm-hmm. He would do this. He would do this. And tell me all these stories that I already knew. And that would get slightly annoying. Right. Like over the top. Mm-hmm. Of, I know, like, people that I haven't spoke to in 15 years. Oh, yeah, your dad was a good man. And he did this and this is this. I understand if you need anything, blah, blah, blah. So I would, a couple of people I snapped back at. Like, right. Like, you don't know me. Mm-hmm. You don't know what I'm feeling. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what this means. Right. right. You don't know what, you don't, you, you don't know because you're not me. Right. Right. So, but after time, it kind of softens the blow a little bit. Now, to answer your question, I be, me being in that situation mm-hmm. to somebody else I would never say I understand right so I'm not you and you're not me mm-hmm. right right but I will tell them I'm here for you if you need me mm-hmm. so big difference huge difference big difference huge. between I understand and, and I'm, I'm here if you need and me. just being present for right. the person right yeah. and even to some people I'll say I'm an ear if you need it mm-hmm. I'm here just to listen Right. Did you did you have that person that told you I'm here if you need me? I, or or were there some people that you knew that did experience what you experienced and you guys kind of connected through that? So me being kind of a introvert mentally, mm-hmm. I process stuff differently. I did have people to do that, but did okay. I go to them? No. No. Because you want to deal with it. I want to deal with it. So, I tell you this all the time. Mm-hmm. That's that wasn't their part of the story. It was my part of the story. Right. I had to carry it. Right. Mm-hmm. That was my legacy that I came from. Right. Right. So. And the shoes were pretty huge to kind of, kind of replace. Yeah. Right. Me thinking that man, how am I going to do this? Like. I got brothers and sisters I got to think about. I got a community I got to mm-hmm. think about. I got a whole village. Your mom. My mom. Mm-hmm. You know, everything. Like, it's huge for somebody that's not prepared to do it. Right. Right? It's it's so huge. But, like I said, me being able to process a lot of stuff internally, mm-hmm. I kind of start sweeping out what I needed, what I didn't need, what was good important, what's not important. And it always came back to family. Now, I'll tell you this. Mm -hmm. Me, because I'm internal and I think about stuff a lot, I don't need to call my family every day. I'm not one of those people, Mm -hmm. right? But when we all in a room, we pick up right where we left off. Right. It's family. Yeah. Uh, What Kanye say in his song? Uh, Instead of bringing flowers, read the roses. Right. You know what I mean? Because we know where home is. You know? that's Know where home is. That's what it is. That's right. And, And because of what I do for a living, I'm... I'm always gone, right? I'm right. always, but it's nothing like being back 
mm-hmm. with my family and I'm complete there. Right. I'm I've done a lot of stuff outside of this, but mm-hmm. when I'm back with my family, everything is whole again. Right. Right. right? And I don't usually say much when I'm around them. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of just in the moment, right? Right. Right. But you can ask each and every one of them, do I love them? They know it. Mm-hmm. They know it. So I'm not even sure if you consciously thought of this. Uh-huh. But I was, I'm was i just thinking this as we're talking. So you were talking about the lineage and how you're the third. Yeah. In some way, is the fact that your father passed mm-hmm. and you lost your dad. Mm-hmm. Is that a reason or a part of the reason for you not having children? Because mm-hmm. in a way, mm-hmm. you cannot want to put them through what you've been through. Um, so that's a yes. Mm-hmm. And it's also another, it's intimidating trying to live up to those shoes, that, right. those, those footsteps, right? So for me, I would have to do a lot of stuff differently. And I don't know if I'm capable of that. Right. But yes, the, that lineage, mm-hmm. and it's so important to the community of Acres Home and everything. Right. Like, I'll tell you what is a, one of the best compliments that I can get. Mm-hmm. Man, you look just like your dad. <laughs> or you sound just like your I dad. I told this guy the other day that uh, <laughs> that you look just like your mom. He was like, no, I look just like my dad, man. You look at my dad. Picture, I'll show you this picture of me and my dad. You don't know my You know, I was like, all right, man. <laughs> and, and, I thought you looked like your mom. <laughs> and, I, and I love my mom. Yeah. But, it, <laughs> but it's not like my dad. Right. Right? Right. So... That, let me lead into that. Though. Okay. Let me lead into that. Okay. Because this is a good segue that I just thought about. Um, how has your dad's passing changed your relationship with your mother, if any? So, boys and moms, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody, I'm a, I'm a buster's wall and save my mom. Right. Right. She knows that. Mm-hmm. But now I'm more of a, I'm more conscious of the care mm-hmm. I provide for her because it's important. Right. right, your mom is your mom. You only get one. Yeah, right. That's it. Yeah, you only get one dad too. Yeah. But mom carried you. Right. So it's a little different beat than than the dad. Than in a dad. Right. Yeah. Dad is always going to be my hero. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have Superman, you can have Batman, <laughs> you can have all of them. Right. I want my dad. Right. Right. That was my hero. Right. Now, did I know that when I was ten, eleven? No, mm-hmm. I didn't. But when I was 25, 30, mm-hmm. yeah, it became very clear that dad is my hero. Yeah, he's yeah. the guy. Yeah. And I, and I used to, so as a baseball player, I used to get mad, right? Mm-hmm. Like, dad, why wouldn't you come to the baseball game? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I always thought he was, too, he was too busy for me. But as I got older, I realized, like, you dummy. Mm-hmm. He's busy to provide for the family. <laughs> right. Right? He can't just cut out on work to come see you play baseball or right. play a basketball game. But that comes with age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maturity. Because right. I tell people all the time, like, I would um, judge some of the things my dad would do. Um, not excusing them, per se. Right. But as you get older and you start, because they had me at 18. Yeah, yeah. So when, once you get that age, and you're like, okay. Yeah. I can see 
how they easily right. slipped into that you know that predicament right. because now you're the same age as them oh, yeah. and you see how you are and you are a part of them oh yeah so yeah. you can you can totally see they're in you what age they're in you yeah. Yeah. yeah you can totally come to a different understanding of your parent yeah what do you think is before i ask that i'm gonna say that question okay what would you say is the most important lesson that you've learned from your father oh. Oh. or if you can't narrow it down to one so I would say this, mm -hmm. and I'm not super religious, even though I came from a real religious background. Mm -hmm. You have to put God first. That's the one of the most important things that mm -hmm. I learned from him. And it's how you treat people. Right. Right? So God treating people with respect. So he would go into a building and no matter who it was, if it was the janitor mm -hmm. or, you know, the CEO, he would speak to everybody there. Right. And I'm the same way. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not better than you. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I put my pants on one leg at a time just like you. Right. So treat people with respect and, and know that you're not better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Now, you may be different, but you're not better. Right. Right? Right. Big deal. So, when I'm doing certain things, I kind of catch myself and be like, dang, that's Damien. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. That's my dad. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, so, what, what are those moments that you catch yourself and be like, man, that's Ivan the Second? <laughs> like, man, he, he's all up in me. So, I pause, but you know, he's all up in me. <laughs> in that so, regard. <laughs> so, so, for me. Yeah. I'll catch myself when there's moments I'm alone and I'm doing something and I'm mm -hmm. like, kind of, my dad would always like fidget with his head or like hold his hand. Like, yeah. I'm laying on the couch and I'm doing that and I'm like, holy shit, like this is dad, like right here, right now. Right. Like just the mannerisms. Mm -hmm. You pick them up and you don't even know you're doing stuff and you, right. and you catch yourself and you're like, oh, what? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. What, what, yeah. what am I doing? Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the, the mold that we were taught. Mm -hmm. We were processing when we were younger kids and we didn't even know we were processing. Right. right. What did your dad's passing teach you about time? Because we all have this, like, we have this infinite amount of time oh. when we're growing up and it's like, and, and losing, like I always say, like I said, I wrote this, um, this article about how, you know, a lot of, you know, growing up, you always, the older people always like, and when you say you want to be grown, like, boy, you don't want to be grown. But they, they center, center it around bills and responsibility. Right, right, right. But the part they left out was that the older you get, if you're lucky, because some people experience this way younger, but the older you get, the more you're going to start seeing the people you love go, yeah, go away. Right. And for me, like, personally, bills, I can handle that responsibility, right. that's fine. But what was hard for me growing up and like getting older is seeing... You know, like I'm a, I, I, this is what I do. I calculate time. Like, yeah. that's like, dang, okay, my great grandmother 80. That means she got like 20 more years. That means, you know, I mean, I do that. I do, and it's constantly in my head, right. the mortality. Right. It's constantly on my mind as I grew older. And I'm like, nobody got me prepared for this. Right. You know what I mean? So when your dad died, what did that do? Um, did that make you look inside yourself and, and see your mortality? So it, it came, it, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't overnight. Yeah. But I realize that time is short, right? And what I do now, that's why I push myself so hard because mm -hmm. I know I only have a short amount of time. You, know, you think you're going to live forever. Right. But I could, so. be, I could be going tomorrow. Yeah. Right? 
So that's why I put it in overdrive when I'm working, mm -hmm. right? I'm trying to get everything I can and touch as many lives as I can. We, I mean, you've talked about the player-coach mm -hmm. relationship, right? Yep. Very much so. And that's why it's in overdrive for me because yeah. I could be going tomorrow and my legacy is what I do, you know, right now. Right. Like, it's and I, my part of the story, right? Right. And I'm thinking about this now that we're having this conversation is that if, earlier I brought up you not having any kids. But for those of you who don't know, Ivan is a golf bro. Um, and the way I see you, talking about the player-coach relationship, it's kind of like that's your oh, yeah. way of kind of carrying out your dad's legacy. Right. Maybe not to your own kids yet. But through to these kids, because right. the relationship you have with these kids that you coach is a little bit more than the, you know, the surface level. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you see you me, know. you see me with them. You see yeah. me with them. So I don't have children per se. Right. But I got 138 kids. Right. <laughs> Does that make right. sense? And, that, and you're dropping little Ivan the seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Your dad's, yeah. you know, teachings oh, yeah. that he taught you into them. Oh, yeah. Very right. Much which so. can reach. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exponential. It just right. keeps growing, right? Right. That's what we talk about, like, IS3, Ivan Smith Third, and all mm -hmm. that stuff. I'm just dropping little seeds so they can go on forever. Right. Yeah, the legacy is going to go. Right. Yeah. And it's on your shoulders. Oh, it's on my shoulders, yeah. <laughs> So the reason, like I said, I wanted to do this podcast was to let people, other people who is going through mm -hmm. and who will go through. Oh, yeah. Um, because it's inevitable these things um, to let them know that they're not alone. So from a person that has experienced losing a parent, mm -hmm. what would be your advice to a person that's going through this right now? So it's always peaks and valleys, right? It's mm -hmm. gonna be highs and lows. It's gonna be days that you're gonna be like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I don't wanna do this. Oh, this. This is too painful. But it's gonna be days that you are reassured that what you're doing is is the right thing yeah right i'll never forget when he first passed i didn't want to touch a golf club mm -hmm. i didn't want to i didn't want to hit a golf ball i didn't want to do nothing mm -hmm. i passed by my clubs probably for three months straight looked at them and i'm like i ain't never touching the things ever again right and i'll never forget this day i walked outside and it was kind of rainy and i saw a double rainbow and i'm not a sentimental kind of guy yeah right mm -hmm. But when I looked up and saw that rainbow, the calmness that I felt, and to know that this is this is what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. And then that next day, I started hitting balls and kind of got back into it. And right. Kind of started thinking about teaching again and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So it's going to be, you're going to struggle. You can't do it alone. You're mm -hmm. going to struggle. It's going to be ups and downs, but just keep on moving forward. Right. That's keep waking up in the morning. This is good. So my stepdad used to say this term all the time. Mm -hmm. I just want to keep on saying good morning. Yeah, mm -hmm. that gives me a chance to kind of go. Right, right, right. Just keep on saying good morning. Keep on fighting. That's uh, good advice because one of the problems I have with these uh, self help gurus on, uh, on okay. Instagram is that they they sell you something mm -hmm. but don't tell you the reality. Oh yeah, like you can get here. Yeah. But they don't tell you like you're gonna have oh, fifty setbacks before you this get there. Is, they don't fifty. Yeah, <laughs> you can like hundred and fifty. Yeah, you can achieve happiness, but right. you know they don't tell you that this is work. Like yeah. you gotta wake up every day, right? 
to to work to get better. Right. So I like that you framed it as like you're gonna struggle. Oh yeah. It's gonna hurt. It's, but just it's, it's gonna hurt put, for real. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And so what would you say is your dad's legacy? I would say his service to others mm. is the legacy, which in turn was given to me, mm-hmm. my service to others. You, you've you seen me in a room and people mm-hmm. kind of always want to talk to me and kind of be right. cordial, <laughs> but it's the service to others. Mm-hmm. Not, that, not that you're putting them before you, but their moment with you mm-hmm. is so important to right. them. Right. And it, like I said, it's bigger than bigger than me. All this stuff is bigger than me. Yeah. It really is. But I've given myself to the world. Mm-hmm. Now, with that, sometimes I need to bring myself back and kind of shut myself off from the world just to kind of keep myself safe. Right. Okay? But my service to others. Yeah. I like, And I always say that that's really what we're put on earth to do is to be of service to other people. That's very true. You know, because in a way you've been of service to yourself. Yeah. Because I'm I'm yeah. benefiting from it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Just think about how good you feel when you do a good deed. Yeah. Like afterwards you like you're feeling oh, yeah. at top level. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's that's a strong legacy to have. Oh yeah. Is to be of service of, to others. Yeah. And lastly, if God gave you an opportunity. Huh. To have one conversation oh. with your father yeah. on the other side. I want you to look at that camera <laughs> and pretend your dad is sitting there. And God gave you this one opportunity to have that conversation. I want you to have that conversation with your dad. What would you want to tell your dad? Dad, I miss you. Not a day it goes by, I don't think about you. And I'm thankful for you being patient with me, letting me grow, um, and let me kind of do things on my own terms instead of like, you need to be this at 25, you need to be this at 30, you need to be have this by 40. It's kind of my own story, you let me write it, let me kind of live it. And I appreciate everything you've done for me and my family and just everything. I wish, we had more time, but it was your time to go. But with that, you showed me a lot. You showed me a lot. And you're still showing me, even though you're not here with me. So, I love you. Thank you, Ivan. <laughs> <laughs>